Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God said, look, the hearts of those that are in authority over you on the earth, their hearts are in my hands. And I turn them wherever I want. I'm, I'm, I'm the Lord over everybody. So you can always look above people's head right to the Lord. I don't have to ever step on somebody's neck to get something God's going to give me. I can, I can be humble. I can be a blessing. I can give opportunity to other people. You don't, you don't ever have to hold other people back in order to keep or maintain or get to unhealthy attitude. When you realize that it all belongs to the Lord. Do you feel secure in knowing that everything belongs to God? That means that God is in control of your job, your health, and your finances. Today, Pastor Bill encourages you to be like David and trust God to take care of you. God promised the kingdom to David, but David didn't try to take the kingdom from Saul by force, even though he had several opportunities to do so. He trusted in God's plan and timing, even when he had to run away and live in caves for several years. What do you need to trust God for? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. As he continues his message, character counts. The women. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to make too much of this, right? But the women come out, and this is, this is something that they would typically do. When, when battle was over and they would come back, they would come out with tambourines and women would come singing. And that's how people would know we won. We, got, we were victorious. But they sang, Saul slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. I, I can't answer this question. I'm throwing it out to you guys. Do you think that they did this on purpose? This is going to drive Saul crazy. Um, this is going this is going to draw out. I mean, just his. It's going to make him jealous and angry. Do you guys think that the women did this on purpose? No. They all the women said no. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so they innocently, uh, you know, we don't really know. So we we'll, we'll go with that, right? We don't know why they did this. Hey, this is what I do know. It was true. It was true. Saul had slain his thousands and David had slain his ten thousands. And here's the problem. This is a character thing with Saul. If Saul was not satisfied having killed thousands, he should have been more valiant than he could have killed ten thousands. Right. He had the same opportunities that David had. He just didn't take them. So if you didn't take the opportunities that were given to you and now you killed thousands and somebody else that just showed up have killed ten thousands. Whose fault is that? So he's mad at the women and he's going to be mad at David. He's going to be jealous in his heart. But I just want to point out that whoever's, why ever the women did this, if it was intentionally to taunt him or whatever, one, what they sang was true and it was his own fault. God had given him the orders first. God had given him the opportunity first. He just didn't step out. And so this is a lesson to you and I, right? If you won't step out in faith to do what God's called you to do, don't get mad at someone else that does. Don't find yourself jealous over what you wouldn't do in obedience or faith when somebody else shows up and they jump in the game and there they go. Don't find yourself jealous. You might want to look at them and say, God, help me give me faith to be more like them. You might want to take an example from them. Don't get jealous because that's not going to take you anywhere. Right. Amen. All right. Look at verse eight and nine it says, then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. I want you to notice how quickly things are changing. 
First, Saul couldn't go without that. I need him. I, I don't want to go home. I need, I need him to be here all the time now. Now he heard somebody sing a song praising him. And he's like, I'm a, I got my eye on this guy. From that, from that point on, it says that uh, he got his eye on him. And this is what Saul is thinking. What more can he have but the kingdom? Let me give you an important lesson. And this is this will save you. It'll save you so much if you get this. Saul is looking at the kingdom as something that can like, like as a man is in charge of it. Right. That, that, that somehow Saul thinks somehow he can keep it by force because he's in the power positions. Not how it works. Whose kingdom is it? And he gives it to who he wishes. He gives and he takes away. He's in charge. He's the Lord. He's sovereign over everything. If you can get this lesson in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, as you operate in life, that if there's something God has for you, as you obey him and walk with him, no one can take it from you. If there is something that can be taken from you, then God no longer has it for you. One of my favorite verses uh, just in dealing with these things is uh, Proverbs 21, verse 1. Write this down in your notes, Proverbs 21, verse 1. And it says this, the hearts of the king, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. God said, look, the hearts of those that are in authority over you on the earth, their hearts are in my hands. And I turn them wherever I want. I'm, I'm, I'm the Lord over everybody. So you can always look above people's head right to the Lord. I don't have to ever step on somebody's neck to get something God's going to give me. I can I can be humble. I can be a blessing. I can give opportunity to other people. You don't you don't ever have to hold other people back in order to keep or maintain or get to unhealthy attitude. When you realize that it all belongs to the Lord, the kingdom is God's kingdom. And so Saul doesn't understand this. And so he, he's going to he's going to he's going to ruin the rest of his life trying to keep something that God has already told him. I've taken it from you. And God told him I took it from you and gave it to someone better. David saw what Saul should have done and said, I bet it's David. You know what, bro? I'm going to just give it to you. I'm going to just agree with God. Maybe God will have mercy on me. Let me help you out and just give it to him. I done messed up, but that's not what he's going to do. He's going to spend a lot of energy and effort and time coming against the guy that God has said, this is my guy. Now, here's a crazy thing. We're going to see with David as many opportunities as Saul has to, to try to get him. Um, Saul is going to recognize over time that he can't get him because the Lord is with him. That's that's it. That means he can't get David because the Lord is with him. If you're a note taker, write down James chapter three. Um, James chapter three, verses uh, 14 through 17. I'm going to read this to us real quick. James three fourteen through 17. It says this. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so here that that bitter envy and self-seeking, that's what Saul has. And all the wicked, all the ugly things that come along with that is what Saul is going to have going on in his life. 
Um, you're going to find David just kind of just David just kind of plotting along like, boop, 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 boop. you know, he's not really worried about it. You know, he just sits kind of going along and he's having a great time. And he's having all kind of victories. He'll have some rough moments and some some days in the caves and some things like that. But he's going to be all right because he's with God and God is with him. And so moving on now, look at verse uh, 10. It says, and it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul cast the spear for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. So weird little section here, right? The evil spirit is tormenting Saul and then he prophesied. I, I wish it told us what he prophesied, right? What did he, would God give him a word that says, uh, you not the king? I mean, I don't, we don't know what was said, but whatever it was, whatever, when he got done prophesying, he sat there and he said, I'm going to pin this dude to the wall. He had a spear in his hand. Now look, David is over there playing the harp, melodious worship, just, just playing for Saul's you know, benefit. Saul's sitting there with a spear in his hand, and he's sitting there saying, I'm going to kill him right now. I'm going to pin him to the wall. And it says that he did this twice, and both times David escaped his presence. Now, I would, if I was David, I would think, I don't want to go in your presence anymore. I'm not, I'm not playing for you anymore. You're not a good... You're not a good person to play for because you keep chucking spears at me. I'm not playing music for you anymore. David is better than me, right? He just rolls with God's program here. So look at verse 12. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. Remember that. We talked about the Old Testament experience with the Holy Spirit, how he would come upon men for service. Um, but he could, he could also be taken away. That's why David prayed in the psalm, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Um, that's not our situation in the New Testament. When you get born again, the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside you as a down payment, the seal that you belong to the Lord, and he will never be taken away. Amen? Amen. We see you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, but Saul, the Holy Spirit, he had it. Now he don't. Now he doesn't have him anymore. He's gone. He's departed from Saul, but he is with David. And as Saul recognizes, Saul is saying, I remember what that was like when the Holy Spirit was with me. And now he's not. But I see that he is with this man. And it said that he was afraid of David. And uh, again, I, I just see the character of Saul. Now Saul is scared. Does he have any reason to be scared of David? No. David was not against him. David was not attacking him. David has not done anything, but he's afraid. He's afraid when he shouldn't be afraid. He's attacking when he shouldn't be attacking. I want you to see how backwards his life is. When it was time for him to attack the enemy, he was a coward. Now he's attacking God's man. That's what happened when you get out of alignment with the Lord. Um, you watch that. You watch in the body of Christ. You watch it among believers. When you find a believer that's going, coming at believers and attacking the saints, Something went wrong. Something went wrong. You 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 playing for the other team all of a sudden. I can't be. I'm, I'm for God. Amen. I'm on. I'm, that's the team I'm on. That means I'm standing with God's people, um, praying with for God's people. When 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 you begin to attack and go after God's servants, God's people, it's like someone you have to stop and say, why am I doing that? Why? What is motivating me to attack the servants of the Lord? Why would I do that? What do I get? What is there to gain out of doing that? There's a there's a real devil out there, real demons out there, real adversary out there. And I'm over here attacking God's people. Who's leading me to do that? So 
Make sure that we never do that. Amen. Um, so, so, so again, he wouldn't attack the enemy when it was time, but now he's, he's got energy to attack God's servant. That's, that makes him feel bad because he killed more people than he did. So verse 13, therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And again, look what it says about David. David behaved wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. So while Saul puts him out and Saul gives him this little job, you be a captain over a thousand. And we're going to find out in a little bit that Saul's intention was to put David in harm's way. I'm going to keep sending him out the war. Maybe the Philistines to take care of him for me. Saul's going to do several things here that look like nice things, but they're really intended to hurt him. And so David, it says, continually he behaved wisely and all his ways. The Lord was with him. Verse 15. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, look what it says again. He was afraid of him. Saul is watching David and man, look at him. Look how wise he just doing everything right. And it says, man, he, he feared him. He was afraid of him. I remember there's a young man. Um, it's a guy named uh, Mitchell Perez. When I was a high school pastor, this kid used to come to church. His parents drove a 16 passenger van. I kid you not. I, I do not kid you. He would fill that van up with kids from the neighborhood, from his baseball team, and he would bring them to church. When he came to church, he came with two rows of kids and they sat in the front every Sunday. This kid was different. Loved the Lord, faithful to God every week, front seat, front and center, um, first service, second service. He would just stay. To, it was two different guys teaching. And so he would stay and get the Bible studies. And so um, I got to stay in, involved in his life. So he goes through high school. He goes to Bible college. God gives him a vision for the, the church that God wants him to plant one day. He comes, he ends up serving at the church, starts in children's ministry, does young adults, hop, hop, hop all around. Well, today this guy is pastoring a church in the city where God had told him long ago he would be pastoring a church. And um, but I remember when he was a young guy, he first came to serve at the church. He was younger than everybody else. But he, when I look at David, like he just behaved wisely. You just could see that the spirit was leading him to just he just seemed like he did everything right. I mean, everything he touched was like, wow, that's a good idea. You know, he had he had, you know, young guys got got more radical ideas. Sometimes you got guys have been doing church a long time. They got we do it like this. And you got young guys. They got fresh faith and fresh. Eye. He would have all these ideas and they would say, go ahead and try that. And it would always work. And it'd be like, wow, God is with this kid. God's doing something with him. And I love that they gave him freedom to 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 do all the crazy things God was putting in his heart. And he did missions. He did outreaches, evangelism, all this stuff as a young guy. And then eventually he goes out and plants a church. But when I when I read this, I think about him. Right. Just a, a young guy that you watch him. It's just, you know, he's young. So you look for a young guy to make young mistakes. But it was the wisdom about him that was the Lord. And, uh, you know, and thankfully, again, in a healthy church environment, a kid like that was able to thrive. People came behind it. They were they weren't threatened by it. They were excited about it. And they gave him opportunity after opportunity. You watched him flourish in that. That's what you want to do when you see someone that God's hand is upon. Amen. When you see a young man, a young woman, an old man, an old woman, you see, man, God is with them. You don't want to hold them back. You want to let them go. Hey, you, you, you might see something I don't see. You might know something that I you might have an idea that I wouldn't have come up with. You go ahead and run that. Let me see. Let me see what the Lord has given you. You want to set them free uh, that they might flourish. And so um, but again, Saul here, he's afraid of him because he behaved wisely. It says he was afraid. Verse 16. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. 
This is another distinction between Saul and David. Saul, if you look back to the previous chapters, Saul was always in the cut somewhere. They would say the people over here and Saul and, you know, a handful of guys are over here. You know, he was always, you know, kept up over here somewhere away from everybody. David is out there with the people going out and coming in. And David's mind, he's not a big deal. I mean, he, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm in and out with the people, man. I'm, y'all can touch me and see me and hear me. He is with the people. And it says, man, the people liked him. The, the Judah and Israel, they loved him. Because he went in, and he came out among them. He he was developing a relationship with the people. And again, I believe that this is this is that shepherd's heart, right? David had been a shepherd. You know, shepherd don't you don't watch the sheep from afar. You got to get down there and hang out with them. And David is with the people. He's hanging out with them, and you know, probably having conversations and everything else. And um, and so they love him for it. Look at verse seventeen now. Then Saul said to David, "Here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you as a wife." Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. Now, let me show you. Here we go. Back to character. Saul had already made a promise to David. Right. If you're a a note taker, go back and look at chapter 17, verse 25. When David asked, hey, what did Saul say he would give to the person that kills Goliath? Look at 17, verse 25. So the men of Israel said, have you seen the man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills the king, the man, I'm sorry, the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. So David had killed Goliath. He supposed to already have him a wife. Amen. But now Saul is saying, well, now look here, I'm, I'm going to give you my wife, Merab, if only you, you, I want you to keep going in here and getting these battles done for me. All right. That's that's not being a man of your word. That's a character flaw. And again, I'm going to just say this to us as we as we observe that character counts. When you put your word out there, you got to keep it, even if you got to keep it to your own hurt. Anybody ever made a promise to a kid and then and then and then it came time to pay? I got I got some kids that are good about pinning me down um, and I do try to I, I, I really my word is important to me. So if I say I'm going to do something, I do it, um, even if it hurts, even if even if I wish I I wish I had never said it. You know, I, 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 I've done this with my kids. We're always making little dumb bets. I'll see them doing something. And I used to, you know, tease them when they were little. I would I would do something like a shot that I know you couldn't make. You make that shot right there, hundred bucks, right now, go. You know, and you know they would miss it and be like, man, you could have had a hundred bucks, man. You know, and I just messing with the kids. Well, I've had a few times where I do that, and then, whoosh, and now I'm, I'm and then, and this, 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 I, I do play dirty, right? I, I've done this. I, my kids will tell you that I, I've done this. With my kids, I said, if you make that right there, I'll, I'll give you a hundred. And then they make it. I said, I didn't tell you a hundred. What? <laughs> I, I said, I give you a hundred. You know. But uh, they, you know, I, I do keep my word. I, I don't dog them out like that. You know, it's important that as people of men and women of God, that our word be that we keep our word because we also communicate his words that are valuable and valid and important. So I want people when they hear my words to know that now if he says that it's, it's, it's true. He's not just he's not lying. He's not just making up stuff or he's not just, you know, making false commitments. If you give your word to someone. You want to do everything in your power to keep your word. Saul has not kept his word here. Now he's requiring something more of David in order to get something that was already uh, that David had already won uh, by by defeating Goliath. So um, and then look at what it says. Right. Because Saul is on the surface, looks like he's doing a nice thing. But the scripture reveals his heart. It says 
Um, it says, for Saul thought, let my hand not be against him. Why? Because the people love him. I don't want my hand to be against him because the people love him. They'll be mad at me. I'm not going to do it. Let the Philistines, the hand of the I'm, I'm going to keep sending this boy out to war and the Philistines are eventually going to get him. That's what Saul was hoping. And I want you to see the foulness of the character that, you know, that you would want a person that belongs to the Lord to be defeated by the enemies of the Lord. Right. Not only is Saul saying, I'm willing to try to pin him to the wall and kill him. I'm, I'm actually hopeful that the enemies of God will defeat God's guy. Um, Saul is all on the wrong side of everything. So, again, as you and I consider our character, somewhere you want to always check is your alignment. Am I with God or against him? God says you're either with me or what? You can't be both. You're one or the other. You're either gathering with me or you're scattering abroad, but you're not both. And so we want to be very clearly with God. Amen. We want to be very clearly gathering with the Lord because the alternative is if you're the God says, no, there's no two ways about it. If you're not with me, you are against me. And so we want to be clearly with the Lord in word and in deed. And so uh, look at verse 18 now. So David said to Saul, who am I and what is my life that I should be the son in law to the king? But it happened. So I wrote down here under character for David, humility. Right. David said, man, who am I? I don't deserve to be the son in law to the king. No, nah, I don't deserve that. He did deserve it because he did what, you know, what Saul said he had to do to win it. But he's this is humility. This is humility. David just being humble here. Verse 19. But it happened at the time when Mara, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David that she was given to Edriel, the Maholothite, as a wife. So at the time when David was supposed to be given this young lady as a wife. Saul gave him to somebody else. Now, that was, you know, many people believe that was done to slight David, to uh, to humiliate him um, in some way. This is supposed to be your wife. And now you, somebody else gets to have your wife. Um, and it was wrong. We don't ever see David speak up. We never see David say, hey, man, give me what belongs to me. We don't. The, the people are going to speak up. David never does. Um, David lets that ride. But again, we see in Saul's character, this is a man that's not he's not a man of his word. He doesn't keep his commitments. He doesn't do what he says he's going to do. He says he's going to do one thing. And he does another thing. This is all terrible character flaws. Um, these are the kind of people that you just run from. I'm not doing ministry with you. I'm not linking arms with you. I'm not going into covenant. I'm not making commitments. You just don't link up with people like this. When you meet people like this. You take two steps back and say, hey, God bless you over there. You, you go do business with them over there, you know, like, but you don't link up with people like this. This is not who you run with. And so um, that's Saul displaying his, his character. I can never pronounce his other daughter's name. Is it is it Mikhail? Mikhail? Mikhail. All right. Anthony, give it Mikhail. <laughs> I'm going to call her Michelle. No, okay, so, <laughs> so this other daughter, look at verse 20. Uh, now, Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David and they told Saul and the thing pleased him. So Saul said, now listen to these words. I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son in law. Now, I don't know what it was about this particular daughter, Michal, that Saul said he knew something about her. And he said, I'm going to give her to him and she's going to be a snare to him. Everybody here, if you got kids, you know your kids. Amen. Right. 
And you know if they're good or if they're doing well. Some of y'all don't know we got may have a kid that, you know, if you if, 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 if some eligible single Christian, you would say, no, nah, they're not ready for that. They, they would they would mess that person's life. No, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a blessing. Um, and because you just know your kids, you know how they're doing their character, so forth and so on. Something about this daughter, Saul says, I'm going to give her to him. I think she'll be a snare. We know there are many ways that you can spend your day, but we're delighted that you chose to spend time with us today in the book of 1 Samuel. Pastor Bill is the voice behind these teachings here on A Transforming Word. We genuinely trust that what you're hearing is truly having a transforming effect on your life through listening to God's Word. What is standing out to you about the book of 1 Samuel? Is it the character of Samuel and how he came to the position he did in Israel? Perhaps your curiosity is piqued by the accounts of young David fighting off wild animals and even fighting against a giant enemy. There are all kinds of accounts of fights, chases, and running away from someone who was once trusted. There are also great moments of David and Jonathan and their friendship. This Old Testament book can be such a treasure of information, history, and life lessons. We hope that you're connecting with it in multiple ways today. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry based out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Would you come visit us? Sunday morning services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. For those not in the area, you can live stream our service on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for links on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Our time with you today is about up, but please join us again for the next edition as Pastor Bill continues to teach through the book of 1 Samuel. Until then, keep learning and growing in the Word and be expected for another great message here on A Transforming Word.